Folks, what does everyone do when shopping online? Well, you jump to the reviews and you see what customers actually think. Well, Bull and Branch did the hard work for you. In a recent customer survey, 96% said Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every single wash. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on planet Earth. Buttery to the touch, super breathable. Bull and Branch sheets are perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their luxurious signature hem sheets were made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They really do get softer with every single wash. Best of all, Bull and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping, returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. We love our Bull and Branch product. In fact, when I'm on the road, I actually travel with their cable knit throw blanket. It is that good. Their product is just awesome. After a long day, nothing feels better than a restful night's sleep in the softest, most luxurious sheets. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull and Branch. Get 15% off your very first order when you use code Ben at bullandbranch.com. That's Bull and Branch, spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code Ben. Exclusions apply. See site for details, bullandbranch.com. The Democrats are in full-scale panic, and they should be. (laughs) Hillary Clinton has been dropping like a stone in the polls. Weeks ago, she was up well over seven points in the Real Clear Politics poll average. She's now down to a 2.8% lead in a four-way race. In the state polls, Trump has been gaining steadily to the point where Axiom Strategies now has Trump down just one point in Colorado and two in Pennsylvania, and up four in Florida, four in Nevada, two in North Carolina, five in Ohio. If that's anywhere close to right, this election is now on a knife's edge. And all of it is hilarious. Every accusation Democrats made about Trump during this election cycle is now blowing up in their faces. And Democrats are running around like Joe Biden, drunk with a shotgun, endangering themselves and others. Here are five reasons this news cycle is the greatest news cycle actually in human history. First, Hillary has now told the FBI to come clean. Yes, really. She told the FBI to come clean. Hillary has now said the FBI should reveal what it knows about Anthony Weiner's emails. They have to come clean to demonstrate to the American public there's either something there or there isn't. It turns out that there is someone else who knows whether there's something there or not. A lady named Hillary Clinton, you may have heard of her. Her pathological need to hide information led to this entire bizarre scenario. She set up the private server. She hid the existence. She deleted thousands of emails. And now she wants the FBI to come clean? This is the equivalent of the Menendez brothers killing their parents and then falling on the mercy of the court because they're orphans. Anthony Weiner, second thing about this that's amazing. Yes, Anthony Weiner. Hillary spent her entire political career worrying about Rogue Weiner, only to be laid low by Rogue Weiner. Bill Clinton officiated Weiner's wedding to Hillary aide Huma Abedin, who's been paid by literally every Clinton-associated group in history. Teneo, the Clinton Foundation, the State Department. Now, Weiner's unfortunate tendency to explode and send pictures of his junk to random females, allegedly including underage females, has come back to bite Hillary Clinton after Huma already decided to publicly dump him. Oh, the hilarity. And if you don't think that's funny, you should just watch Joe Biden's reaction to Weiner's involvement in a moment. We'll show it. It's pretty amazing. Third, Democrats hate James Comey all of a sudden. The New York Daily News accused FBI Director Comey of being a bomber, really. New York Times columnist Charles Blow, who does blow, essentially stated that Comey had rigged the election on behalf of Donald Trump. After months of complaining that Trump undermined democracy itself by calling into question the decency of American institutions like the FBI and saying that Republican attacks on Comey specifically undercut the country's best interests, now the Democrats want to take Comey out and pound on him with a shovel in Iowa like Joe Pesci at the end of Casino. 
Fourth, Democratic spokespeople on Comey are seriously the worst people in the world. So, who are the Democrats trotting out to yell at Comey? Well, they've decided to unleash former AG Eric Holder, the most corrupt attorney general in American history, a dude under contempt of Congress who facilitated gun running in Fast and Furious and lied about it, who oversaw the transition of the DOJ into, into a racial grievance squad, who used the DOJ to target journalists like James Rosen, who labeled Fort Hood workplace violence. He's their go-to guy, criticizing James Comey on ethics. And then there's Senator Harry Reid, a sociopathic liar who once said that Mitt Romney paid no taxes without any evidence, and then said that was fine just so long as Romney lost. Now Reid is accusing Comey of violating the Hatch Act, he isn't, and stating that Comey is covering up Trump's relationship with Russia, with no evidence. And the media naturally are taking it seriously, because of course they are. Finally, President Obama is now openly campaigning for someone under three FBI investigations. Hillary's private server remains under investigation. Anthony Weiner's device, his other device, is now under investigation. And the Clinton Foundation... And the Clinton Foundation is under investigation, too. Barack Obama is going around telling Americans Hillary is the most qualified president ever. Yes, for prison, this is the best. It's hilarious. Should Comey have dropped this bombshell? Well, he had no other choice after killing the private server investigation for political reasons back in July. If he'd waited two weeks to drop this information, people would rightly have said that he stopped the investigation back in July for Hillary and started it up again after her election. Well, now Hillary's got troubles. And it sure is sweet. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. All righty. Okay, so here we are. Happy Halloween to everyone. And we love you all. Okay, so we first have to start. So much to get to. Wonderful weekend because it was hysterically funny and awesome. But... We begin with saying hello to our friends over at Birch Gold. So if you fear for the future of the universe and the human race, which during this election cycle, why wouldn't you? You need to talk to our friends over at Birch Gold Group. If you think the stock market is inflated because it is, or the real estate market is inflated because it sort of is, then you need to talk to Birch Gold about getting into precious metals. Now, not your whole, whole portfolio should be in precious metals, obviously, but these are folks who will help you shift over your IRA or 401k, if that's something you want to do, into precious metals without the tax consequences. You go to birchgold.com slash Ben, birchgold com slash Ben. They're the people I would trust to buy precious metals, and uh, they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. So it's birchgold.com slash Ben. They also will give you a free kit, a 16-page kit about investing in precious metals. Ask all your questions before you invest, and then work with my friends over at birchgold.com slash Ben. Okay, so much to get to. That is awesome. So let's start. Let's start with all of the things that you need to know about this scandal, because it's it's now it, it feels like a tsunami. I mean, it's like drinking from a fire hose. So, you know, last Friday we we started the show right as this was breaking. So now we know a little bit more. But here, let's break it down into kind of discrete parts. So first, the new emails were uncovered by the FBI in the Wiener probe, and I just I'm, I love the fact that we use the phrase Wiener probe in um, in political parlance now. It's kind of awesome. So Anthony Wiener's penis troubles have become kind of well known at this point. He has a habit of sending his pictures of his penis to every female within a three thousand mile radius of any age. Uh, and, and I have to acknowledge that the FBI agent who is tasked with the responsibility for looking at these emails has the unluckiest job in the world, because basically he's going through the emails and it's like penis, 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 classified information, penis, penis, yoga email, wedding email, penis. I mean, that's a really crappy job. The FBI was investigating Wiener's magic devices and found emails related to Clinton investigations. That's the first thing you need to know. Second, the Wiener device, yes, the Wiener device, has 650,000 emails on it, according to the Wall Street Journal. And uh, they say the metadata suggests thousands of those messages could have been sent to or from Hillary Clinton's private server. Third, FBI Director Comey's letter didn't really say much. We pointed this out 
last week. There wasn't a lot there in the letter. It basically just said, we found some new information, and I'm letting you know about it. He has sent a letter by now to all of the FBI employees, uh, and it says, quote, because those emails appear to be pertinent to our investigation, I agreed we should take appropriate steps to obtain and review them. Of course, we don't ordinarily tell Congress about ongoing investigations, but here I feel an obligation to do so, given that I testified repeatedly in recent months that our investigation was complete. Okay, fourth, this is amazing. FBI agents knew for weeks that these emails were on the Wiener server. And now, he, I mean, Wiener has a private server, a server for money, do what he wants it to do. But the FBI agents, they say that they have found, uh, they, they found these emails weeks ago, and they only let Comey know about it on Thursday. So Comey didn't want to look, he didn't want to be a perjurer, so he immediately let Congress know, and then it went public. Fifth, Huma Abedin has already testified under oath she gave up any device with any Hillary Clinton email on it. So that's not true. Right, so that's not true, and that's going to come back to bite her, obviously. Sixth, the DOJ, and this really is amazing. According to the Wall Street Journal, the FBI was investigating the Clinton Foundation, and Loretta Lynch, or as, as Andrew Clavin likes to call her, the blandly sinister attorney general, tried to shut it down. Now, lest we forget, Loretta Lynch met with Bill Clinton on the tarmac at an Arizona airport just before James Comey decided not to push for indictment on Hillary's private server. Here's what the journal says, quote, the Justice Department was stern, icy, dismissive of the Clinton Foundation case. Anti-corruption prosecutors at the Justice Department told the FBI at the meeting they would not authorize more aggressive investigative techniques such as subpoenas, formal witness interviews, or grand jury testimony. Deputy FBI Director Andrew McCabe was the guy responsible for shutting down the, uh, the investigation under severe pressure from the DOJ. And finally, Democrats are absolutely losing their minds, and that's the theme of today's show. So. I thought last Friday I said that this week would be nuts because you would see the Democrats trump every piece of terrible oppo on Trump they had. If they had a, if they had a tape, a sex tape of Trump with a horse, they would use it, right? This would be the time to do it. Uh, they apparently don't because they're panicking. I mean, that's the dead giveaway is that they are running around with their hair on fire. They are losing their minds. It's, it's, it's like Rosie O'Donnell after a three-day star, three starvation diet. I mean, they, they, they've lost whatever tenuous connection they had to reality, and it's over for them. They don't have anything else. So they just have to wait this sucker out and hope that everything goes okay. That's essentially what they—, what they that's it, right? I mean, they, they have to wait this sucker out and hope that they have enough of a lead that it's enough going into Election Day. Now, as I say, the polls have been tightening. They were tightening even before this revelation. Hillary was down to, like, three points in the national lead, and it was very tight in a lot of states. Now, is this enough to put Trump over the top? Unlikely, but it depends how this week goes. Because there's still enough of a gap in most of these states and enough red states in play or purple states in play for Hillary that she still has a pretty sizable advantage. That's why the odds makers still say that he, she has about a three to one advantage on him in terms of winning the presidency. But she's handling this about as badly as you can handle this. So Hillary Clinton, this, this news breaks last Friday, and then Hillary Clinton does a presser. And here's what she had to say at her press conference. So the American people deserve to get the full and complete facts immediately. The director himself has said he doesn't know whether the emails referenced in his letter are significant or not. I'm confident whatever they are will not change the conclusion reached in July. Therefore, it's imperative that the Bureau explain this issue in question, whatever it is, without any delay. <laughs> It's the best. Okay, so now we got Hillary Clinton telling the FBI, you need to release my emails. Uh, lady, I know someone else who had access to your emails. I'm looking at her, unfortunately. 
Like, she's right there. She's wearing blue. I have a hint. She's wearing also a necklace that appears to be made of dragon's eggs from Game of Thrones. But Hillary Clinton, you know, like, really? You're, you're saying to the FBI, they need to release what they've got? If you had just released what you had, none of this would be an issue in the first place. Then Hillary goes on and she just starts lying. So here's Hillary lying about how the FBI is politicized, basically. No, I, I, we have not been contacted by anyone. Uh, first, we knew about it is, I assume, when you knew about it, when uh, this letter uh, sent to Republican uh, members of the House was released. So we don't know the facts, which is why we are calling on the FBI to release all the information uh, that it has. Uh, even Director Comey noted that this new information may not be significant. So let's get it out. Okay, so she's she's obviously desperate at this point. When she says only Republicans received the letter, by the way, she said that at one point during this press conference. That's just, just it's not true. I mean, Democrats got the letter too, so that's all imploding. Hillary sends out one of her campaign representatives to cut an online video, and this is the weakest routine I have seen in a very long time. A director James Comey released to Congress an unbelievably vague letter that was light on facts and heavy on innuendo, and it only serves to give Republicans a new line of attack against Hillary Clinton. But the more information that has come out, the more overblown this all seems, and the more concern it has created about Director Comey's actions. Let's walk through what we know. Republicans said at the beginning of this that the FBI case that was closed in July had been reopened, but that's been debunked. And law enforcement sources say that the emails in question were never withheld by Hillary Clinton or the Clinton campaign. Reports say that the emails were not to or from Hillary Clinton or even ever on her server. In fact, it's entirely possible that they are all duplicates of emails the FBI already looked at months ago. So if that's the case, why send this letter in the first place? You're probably just as puzzled and outraged as we are. Former Pulling Justice outraged. Department okay, officials so say that this here. So you've got Blocky McBlock of Wood telling us that there's nothing to see here. The real reason, as I said last week, that James Comey did this is because he got the notice that these emails were there. He was afraid that if he waited for three weeks to announce it, it would look like he shut down the investigation in July, held it off until Hillary was elected, and then released all of the emails after she was already the president-elect. So he let it go now. And the Hillary people are just fighting mad about this. They're very, very upset. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is on cloud nine, and, and with his usual sort of subtlety, he, he goes forward and he thanks Anthony Weiner. We never thought we were going to say thank you to Anthony Weiner. Okay, we never thought. Okay, first of all, thank you, Weiner is also Trump's secondary campaign slogan. Um, but but I love the fact that he he say, he's right. By the way, he of course he should be thanking Anthony Weiner. It's kind of amazing. But the most amazing video of the day actually is Joe Biden. So here's Joe Biden's reaction when he finds out that all of these emails were found on Anthony Weiner's private device. Well, oh God, oh. <laughs> Anthony Weiner. Um, I should not comment on Anthony Weiner. I'm not a big fan. And I wasn't before he got in trouble, so I shouldn't comment on Anthony Weiner. <laughs> I love that. I like, I like when he starts lecturing himself. I shouldn't comment on this, but I'm going to comment on it. Like, he has no filter between his brain and his mouth. And you can see they're all going nuts. Even Obama's going nuts. So it just came out right before the show. We didn't have time to cut this. But Josh Ernest over at the White House, he has now come out. And he has said that the White House doesn't really have any criticism for James Comey. So they're throwing Hillary right under the bus. They figure she's got enough of a lead, she'll survive. But 
it's bad news for Hillary. People are abandoning her on, on all sides of her. Now, Democrats stick with her. And this is a point that I'm going to talk about a little bit later in the program. The Democrats, no matter what, stick with their woman, uh, no matter how corrupt she is. Now, that's either a good thing for you or a bad thing for you. I understand the argument. It's a good thing because Democrats are unified. Republicans haven't been. On the other hand, it just demonstrates that Democrats have no values and Republicans actually do. So that's worth noting here. But the media have been trying to, they've been trying, struggling for, for a way to let Hillary off the hook, and they're having a tough time doing it because the truth is that the, the Clinton people just don't have any answers. So John Podesta uh, was on with, uh, I think it was with Chris Wallace, and, uh, and he says, no, Huma Abedin, it wasn't that she was hiding emails. She tried to comply. She did her very best. She's done with Jake Tapper. Have you asked? Aberdeen, why she did not turn over this computer that is now being reviewed by the FBI? Look, I, I, I think Huma has been completely cooperative uh, with the authorities, uh, and, and they've recognized that. Uh, she's worked with her attorneys to turn over relevant material. Uh, but we don't know what this is all about, really. So it's, it's very hard. But John, she hasn't been co completely cooperative if she didn't turn over every device that had State I, Department I emails think, on them. I think, and it's, this clear, one computer I think it's clear that she, she uh, uh, complied uh, to the best of her ability, turned everything over that she had in her possession. I don't know anything more uh, than the speculation that's running uh, wild in, in the press now about what this is about. Uh, I've talked to her. Have you of talked course, to her? Have you asked? Have you asked Huma Abedin what is on that computer and why she didn't turn it over uh, when she <laughs> said she had divided all the devices? We don't know what computer Mr. Comey is talking about. You're assuming a lot of facts that we don't know. Okay, John Podesta is so confused and angry at this point that his head is actually shrinking into two dimensionality. It's pretty amazing. So they they have no good answers on this. So. We take a break really quick and then say hello to our sponsors over at naturebox.com. So if you're one of these people who eats a lot of crap at the office, and I'm one of the people who eats a lot of crap at the office, and so does everybody else here. That's why we're all fat. So naturebox.com is the solution to all of that because naturebox.com has all these really healthy snacks. They have like 100 delicious snacks to choose from. They have healthy. They have indulgent with artificial food. Look at this box. I mean, this is good stuff over here. So we've got the crispy snickerdoodles, which obviously, I mean, come on. And we've got berry fruit peels. This all this all looks like solid stuff. We're going to have a tasting a little bit later this week on the podcast with all the uh, with the members of the Daily Wire crew, including Taylor, who is joining us a little bit earlier. And yes, the tattoos are real. Um, but NatureBox.com is the place you go if you want to pick these great snacks, and they are they are very affordable and they are healthy, and uh, they have terrific variety. So it doesn't take that long to, to get to you. It's, it comes pretty quickly. And they relaunch new snacks like every 12 weeks. So right now you get two free snacks when you go to naturebox.com slash Ben. That's naturebox.com slash Ben to get two great snacks for free. And people in the office have already tried them, and they say that they're really fantastic. So naturebox.com slash Ben. Okay, so you want to see more John Podesta struggling around like a, like a, a guy blundering into – I mean, he, he's like – he's sort of like a character in an old – at this point, an old horror novel where he blunders into the moors, and there's and there's some sort of monster in the moors that's going to eat him. Here it is with Jake Tapper, and you're going to watch him blunder right into an abyss in the moors. But it's not that they haven't read any of them. Obviously, the FBI uh, agents who stumbled upon them read some of them and determined them to be pertinent, you know and that, then realized Jake? they didn't have. A... Do you know that? That's according we to don't the report. Know it's according to. 
I'm, I'm telling you, according to the reporting of Evan Perez, our Justice Department uh, correspondent, it's not as though they didn't know anything in the emails. They stumbled upon them, found that they seem to be pertinent to the Clinton email server investigation, and yep. that is why. Seem so, to be pertinent, you, you, might not be significant 11 days before the election. Is that something you toss on the table, or do you take the time uh, to do what other prosecutors have done uh, in the past, uh, and make sure that if it, it, it that it is so significant that you had to go forward with it. So I don't fault him for taking a look at whatever he's found. We don't really know what that is. Uh, but at this stage, having taken this step, then he at least ought to explain. Uh, uh, you know, if he if he thinks they're significant or not significant, let's let him come forward and say why. John Podesta's voice rising into dog range as he realizes there's no way to explain away why it is that Hillary Clinton hid all these emails. But now it's James Comey's fault that he's not revealing all of the emails before he's had a chance to review all of them. Well, unfortunately, we have to say goodbye to all of our folks over at Facebook.com as well as YouTube. But if you go over to DailyWire.com and become a subscriber, then you can join all of the fun. We have more Halloween fun planned a little bit later here. DailyWire.com. And it's 8 bucks a month. You get a free copy of my new book, which comes out in print tomorrow, True Allegiance. Uh, and, uh, and I will sign it for you as well. So make sure that you head over to dailywire.com and join the most popular conservative podcast in America. All righty. So meanwhile, I, I love the fact that the Democrats have literally no answers to this simple question. Why are you complaining when it was Hillary's fault that these emails were hidden in the first place? Here's Chris Wallace asking Robbie Mook, who is he's Hillary's campaign communications director. Robbie Mook, by the way, has now deleted all of his tweets because there are a bunch of tweets praising James Comey from earlier. We're going to get to the hypocrisy of the Democrats in just a moment. It is pretty incredible. But here is uh, here is Chris Wallace with Robbie Mook. Robbie why would she say something that is so flatly untrue? I have a copy here. It's not very long. It's the letter that Comey sent to Congress on the front page. It's got the eight Republican chairman of the committees. If you just turn it over, next page, you got the eight top Democrats on the committee. Why would she say that it was just sent to the Republicans when, in fact, it was sent to the Republicans and Democrats? You know, Chris, th this has been really overhyped. Uh, well, she said we it, I didn't. <laughs> we were all surprised by this letter. Oh. She looked at the front page, and as you just said yourself, on the front page of that memo, it lists those Republican chairs. Were the Democrats CC'd on, at the end of the letter? Absolutely. She looked at the front page of the letter. She has acknowledged, we all acknowledge, this was sent to everybody. Again, what we're concerned and disturbed by is that Director Comey sent a letter saying, we have some information. I don't know if it's significant. I don't know if it is. He but, didn't say where it came Robbie, from. He didn't say what it was about. He didn't even say whether these emails were sent or received by Hillary Clinton. And furthermore, uh, another hypothetical that's out there is that these are duplicates that have already been released. We need all the information and director. But Robbie, Comey I want to get I wanna make fast. one more point about this letter. You say it, it was it's hype. Uh, Comey sent the letter about 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday. Your campaign chairman, John Podesta, put out a statement at 3.45 p.m. in which he's made exactly the same charge that this letter had been sent just to the Republicans, not to the Democrats. Three hours and 15 minutes later, Hillary Clinton makes the same charge. This was a talking point of your campaign, and frankly, it was a dishonest talking point. Chris, if your question is whether Democratic uh, leaders were CC'd on that letter, the answer is absolutely yes. What's this guy, disturbing I mean, he, about... He's, he's having a tough time here. He's flailing around. And at one point, Wallace asks him straight out, you know, why are you complaining about this when all of this was your fault? 
And Mook has no answer. So what's hilarious about all of this is that the race, I mean, it really is. It's really, really funny. This campaign started as a comedy, became a tragedy, and now is back firmly in the comedy territory. I mean, this is this is better than Some Like It Hot. It's fantastic. So we just flash back a few months. Now, now they're very angry at James Comey, which we'll show you in a minute. But let's flash back a few months to see what Democrats thought of James Comey, the director of the FBI, when he was wrongly letting Hillary Clinton off the hook. When I mean, we talked about this at the time, there were some, like my friend Andrew Clavin, who gave him the benefit of the doubt. I, however, did not. I thought that it was political. I always thought it was political. I'd read the law. It was very clear that Hillary Clinton had violated the law. But the Democrats were just over the moon with the wonders, with the absolute genius of James Comey. Here was President Obama at the time talking about James Comey. Um, that investigation is now closed, and I hope that I could ask you about some of the comments that uh, FBI Director Comey made uh, a few days ago. Uh, as you know, you you may mark, but I want you to make sure you're not wasting your question. I'm going to continue to be scrupulous about not commenting on it, just because I think Director Comey could not have been more exhaustive. My understanding is not only did he make a full presentation, but while we were over here, or at least flying, he was uh, presenting to Congress for hours on end. Um, but I, I just wanted to give you a chance, just okay. in case you didn't want to burn your question. I, I actually have a backup. There you um, go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, so he says it's an exhaustive investigation. Everything is great. Here's the, the current vice presidential candidate for the Democrats, Tim Kaine, praising James Comey back in July. There was an extensive, as you know, Brett, investigation by the FBI under the direction of a wonderful uh, and tough career public servant, Jim Comey. Uh, Jim was in the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern District of Virginia when I was the mayor of Richmond, and he's somebody with the highest uh, standards of integrity. Okay, so that is pretty spectacular. He thinks that James Comey is uh, highest standards of integrity. Wonderful, wonderful guy. James Comey is the best. Nancy Pelosi also has says that she also said James Comey is just a wonderful, he's a great man, a great man. Let me just say this about uh, uh, Director Comey first. This is a great man. We are very privileged in our country to have him uh, be the director of the FBI. <laughs> I say that as first getting to know him when he was part of the Bush administration. And so he comes from the Bush administration to the position uh, that he now holds. And uh, he's... At, and even uh, Chairman Chaffetz has said on him, because we do believe and uh, James Comey, I do think that in all of the government, he is a man of integrity and honesty. His finger is on the pulse of this. Nothing happens without him. And I think he's going to be the definitive person to make the determination or the recommendation. Okay, I love it so, so, so much. The Democrats loved James Comey. He wasn't just great. He was the greatest man who ever lived. The guy was like the Pope. He was unbelievable. It was like the second coming of Jesus came as a 6-8 FBI director. It was incredible. Eli Cummings, who's the, who's the Elijah Cummings, rather, who is the, uh, the House Judiciary not not director, but the, the second over there, the Democrat over there. He also thought James Comey is just spectacular. He thought James Comey was a wonderful, wonderful dude. For being here today, especially on such a short notice, you and your staff should be commended for the thorough and dedicated review uh, you conducted. Unfortunately, some of my colleagues are now attacking you personally because your final recommendation conflicted with their preconceived political outcome in this case. Some have tried to argue that this case is far worse than the case of General David Petraeus, who was convicted in 2015 of knowingly and intentionally compromising highly classified information. In fact, one very vocal politician we all know said this, and I quote, 
If she isn't indicted, the only reason is because the Democrats are protecting her. She is being protected 100%. Because you look at David, General Petraeus, you look at all... Elijah Cummings praise him. So, what are Democrats saying now? All you have to do is... This just shows you that people have no principles in politics. They don't even have real opinions in politics. They just go wherever it is beneficial for them to go. Representative Elijah Cummings of Maryland today, quote, Members of Congress have asked four months for the, for the FBI to provide us with info regarding Trump and Russian government connections. And now he's accusing Comey of corruption for not revealing information about the connections between Trump and the Russians, the supposed connections between Trump and the Russians. Nancy Pelosi has released a statement her statement says, quote, after an exhaustive review of Secretary Clinton's use of a personal email server, the FBI concluded charges would be unreasonable and, ju and unjustified. Nothing in Director's Comey letter to the Republican committee chair suggests that assessment will or should change. And then she finishes, the public interest would be served by the FBI providing the facts rather than allowing Republicans to stoke innuendo and falsehoods 11 days away from a presidential election. So she's very upset with James Comey as well. And she's not the only one. Harry Reid is slamming James Comey. Me. Here is the act. I mean, Harry Reid is legitimately the worst guy in the Senate. He's an awful, awful human being. Here's Harry Reid, Democrat of Nevada, the same guy who just said openly that, that Mitt Romney cheated on taxes without any evidence. Here he is going after the, eth the, uh, the ethics of James Comey. Here's part of the letter. Quote, your actions in recent months have demonstrated a disturbing double standard for the treatment of sensitive information with what appears to be a clear intent to aid one political party over another. I am writing to inform you that my office has determined that these actions may violate the Hatch Act, which bars FBI officials from using their official authority to influence an election. Okay, this is a bunch of crap. That's not, that the Hatch Act bars federal authorities from influencing an election purposely. Okay, the idea that James Comey did this because he wants Trump to win is asinine. What happened here, this is what we call in, in sports a makeup call. He made a bad call in July. New evidence emerged. He had to say it now. Otherwise, it would look like the FBI was going completely political for Hillary Clinton. What's amazing, there, there is, I think, a, a larger point to be made here, which is that when you do ethically compromised things in order to protect an institution, you end up destroying yourself and the institution. So John Roberts on Obamacare, he basically acknowledged that the reason that he made the Obamacare decision in favor of Obamacare was because he didn't want to get the Supreme Court into severely hot water. He wanted to uphold the traditions of the institution. Instead, he ended up destroying the legitimacy of the institution, whatever limited legitimacy it ever had. Right? Like Roger Goodell with the NFL, he would protect the shield. But the way he protected the shield was by covering up some really, really bad stuff. And then it turns out the bad stuff comes out anyway and destroys the image of the NFL. Comey was trying to protect the FBI from looking like it was politicized with Hillary Clinton. Instead, he made it look super politicized. And now he's trying again to make it look not political. And so it looks doubly politicized. So Republicans are ticked at him because he shouldn't have basically acquitted Hillary back in July. And now Democrats are mad at him because he's saying, well, there's new evidence. And now I have to release it before the election cycle. So it's, it's pretty, it is pretty incredible how the Democrats have flipped on him. By the way, a lot of Republicans have flipped, too, because a lot of Republicans don't have principle either. They went from Comey's dishonest to Comey is just a wonderful, wonderful fellow. Donald Trump, among those who says this, Trump says now that he made a big mistake in July, but he's glad to see that Comey's corrected it. What an honorable guy. Amazing how his honor moves up and down based on whether you like what he's doing or not. Eric Holder has also been trotted out, the former attorney general of the United States, who is in contempt, been held in contempt by Congress. Eric Holder says that James Comey's a good man, but he made a serious mistake. Eric Holder is the worst attorney general in modern American history. And Eric Holder is ripping James Comey's ethics? Yeah, right. Okay, every Democrat is doing this. And Tim Ryan, a congressperson, uh, he is, he's come out and he says, really, it's, it's Russia's fault that this entire thing was open in the first place.
I don't think it's going to have a whole lot of effect on the current electorate. But I will say this. Where have these documents, where did they come from? How did the FBI get to them? How, where are they? We have all this stuff going on with Russia right now. All of the WikiLeaks issues of stolen documents that we don't really even know if some have been manipulated or not manipulated. Why didn't the FBI have these documents through all of the different investigations uh, that they went through on this where the FBI said that you know, she didn't do anything wrong, that it may be careless, but that was it. And that there would have had to have been this huge conspiracy of 300 people in the State Department that would have been conspiring to, you know, release confidential information. Why didn't it come up in, in all of this? Hillary Clinton has been thoroughly vetted on this issue. The FBI chose not to do anything with the information. And we have all moved on. So the question is, where did these documents come from? How did they get to the FBI? Is Russia involved in this? Oh, yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't have the any clue okay, it's always where the Russians. this stuff love, is coming so, from. So now we've got the McCarthyists, the McCarthyites are on the Democratic side. They're very upset with Russia. So after handing Russia full power in the Middle East and Ukraine, now they think the Russians are, are nefarious work on behalf of Donald Trump. It, it really is truly amazing, the hypocrisy that's been exposed by this election cycle. Now, all of this said, should Comey have done this? I'm not sure that Comey had a choice. He made such a bad call in July that now, again, if he says three weeks from now, we have new emails and I didn't reveal them to the public, then people are going to want his head on a platter and they're not going to trust the FBI ever again. So he sort of had to do this because he made the mistake in the first place. That said, it is pretty amazing. It's pretty incredible. Now, by the way, in another note, and we'll talk about this a little bit more tomorrow when we have more time, but Donna Brazil uh, this is breaking news. Donna Brazil has now been fired from CNN. She'd been suspended because she's at the, the DNC. She's the new head of the DNC. You remember Donna Brazil had said repeatedly that she did not leak questions from the Bernie Sanders-Hillary Clinton debates to Hillary Clinton. There's a new email that proves that she absolutely leaked questions from the from CNN to Hillary Clinton, demonstrating once again that when oh, when when Trump says that CNN is the Clinton News Network, that's exactly right. I mean, they actually created these questions, and then somehow, just somehow, no one knows how, these questions ended up in Donna Brazile's inbox, and she could send them directly to Hillary Clinton. It is amazing how corrupt the Democrats are. It's it's astonishing, actually, all the way through. And they don't feel one iota of remorse about this. It's funny. When you talk to Hillary supporters, vast majority of Hillary supporters obviously hate Trump, but very, very few of them seriously have considerations about about Hillary at all. Like they, they when's the last time they had a when's the last time they had uh, a second thought about the corruption of their own candidate? I'm proud of the fact that my party has people who agonize over Donald Trump. I think Democrats should be a little bit ashamed that they have such a corrupt candidate, and very few of them are thinking about it in a serious way, because after all, Donald Trump is the worst, and therefore Hillary must be president of the United States and have full power to run the federal government like her private server was run. Now, on to the next question. Do Democrats have any oppo? I don't think they do. As I say, I don't think the Democrats have any oppo at all. I think they're out. I think that they've run the gamut. I think that they are, they are empty on ammo. And that means they have some troubles because it's only Monday today. And the polls haven't even really reflected the entire fallout from this renewed FBI investigation. They're trying to drum some, drop some oppo, but it's real weak tea. So, for example, they're dropping oppo from Trump in 1990 saying adultery isn't a sin. They have this tape. right? I mean, this is from the Daily Beast, where apparently he said that adultery is not a sin. Anybody who is shocked by this hasn't been watching Donald Trump his entire career, or lately Donald Trump is a scuzz bucket. But if this is the best they can do, they got nothing, because we already, it's already baked into the cake with Donald Trump. We already know what Donald Trump is, and we already know who and what he does. So that is what it is. So that means that everything's up in the air, and it's going to be a wild week. 
Alrighty, with that said, time for some things I like and some things that I hate. So, things I like, we have a happy Halloween message from our folks here at The Daily Wire, so let's play that. Announcing the commencement of the annual purge. All government and emergency services will be suspended for 12 hours. All crime is legal. Hurry up, boys. We only have 12 hours before the government right, shuts this project down. Take her up, take her up. <laughs> Let's kill Ethan Hawk. No time. Reg 14B Section 249Q is only suspended for 12 hours. But uh, anything, I mean, we could do anything. Murder? Sorry, son. 12 small businesses to start after this. <laughs> Plus, it's the only day of the year I can smoke a cigarette in the bar. Gotta open a lemonade stand with my kid. I'm gonna ride a bike without a helmet. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> and that is how Republicans think. <laughs> well done, guys. So that's that, that's Happy Halloween from us. And make sure that if you're going to violate a regulation, it's a regulation on business. Okay. Other things that I like. So in honor of Halloween, I'm not a big Halloween fan. So first of all, let me just say this. I'm not a Halloween fan. Uh, when I was a kid and before I was Orthodox, so Orthodox Jews don't really do Halloween. Uh, it's sort of a pagan holiday. But we, but when I was young, before we, before we were Orthodox, we used to dress up and we used to do Halloween and go to door, door to door. And as I recall, when I was a kid, maybe it's just because I was a kid, Halloween used to be about children. It used to be about the fun of dressing up and going door to door and getting candy for your kids, and everybody thought, oh, what cute kids these are, they're really wonderful, and now it turns out that Halloween is all about the adults. It's about the slutty nuns, and it's about the how heavily can you drink, and it's about you know throwing off all of the shackles of Western civilization for a night. I hate that crap. I think it's garbage, and, and when it comes to horror, I think a horror is, is not my favorite thing in the world in general as a genre. There are some good horror novels. Uh, the Exorcist is actually a really good novel, but the... But, there's a worship of death that is inherent to how we've made Halloween. We take Halloween too seriously, and we don't take Christmas seriously enough, is the way that I'd put it. Uh, and the emphasis is all on adults acting like children on Halloween. Uh, and so, you know, children's—I mean, you got 40-year-olds dressing up like superheroes. Okay, that's, that's not the biggest—a lot of people are critical of that. I don't think that's the biggest deal. I think the bigger deal is the idea that adult Halloween is like—it's it's like a gentleman's club. I hate euphemisms generally. When people say a gentleman's club, they mean a really gross place where a bunch of losers go to uh, to pleasure themselves while watching women who probably have a drug problem. That's what a gentleman's club is. And adult Halloween is really just you getting drunk and shirking your responsibilities because, hey, why not? I hate that kind of stuff as a general matter. Halloween should be about the kids. Um, and, uh, and that is why, you know, even though we are Orthodox, we obviously still are happy to give candy to the kids who come uh, to our house. Some of it is poison, but most of it is not. Okay, <laughs> things that I hate. Let's do it. Do we have a thing that I hate? Well done, guys. You're really on top of it today. Okay, so things that I hate. John Oliver of HBO, he, he's coming in for a lot of criticism lately because he is just awful all the way through. So John Oliver did a segment, and I think it's really fascinating to break down what the left does when they conflate a bunch of different myths altogether. So John Oliver is very upset with what he terms school segregation. Now, he doesn't mean formal school segregation, as in black people are not allowed to go to this school, only white people can go to this school. He's talking about informal segregation, and he talks about some of the problems with it without, of course, paying any attention to the real reason this is happening. It would still be problematic, even if these schools were roughly equivalent academically, as that would still be a violation of the principle of Brown versus Board of Education that separate educational facilities are inherently unequal. But in practice, they are very rarely equal in any way. 
Black and Latino children are more likely to attend schools with inexperienced teachers, which are then less likely to offer a college prep curriculum. On top of which, because race and class are inextricably linked, those students are six times as likely to be in high-poverty schools. And while there are teachers and students working incredibly hard in those places, they are often doing so with fewer resources, as one student learned during a school exchange program. So how is it possible that our nation's schools are by some measures more segregated now than they have been in over four decades? Well, it turns out places like New York haven't so much resegregated as never really bothered integrating in the first place. Because the 1964 Civil Rights Act was very carefully crafted by northern lawmakers. It targeted the kind of segregation by law, which existed in the South, so you couldn't have a school that was officially designated whites only, but it exempted the so-called racial imbalance of northern schools. So if a New York school was all white because it was drawing from an all white area, even if that area had been kept that way due to a host of explicitly racist housing policies, that was somehow fine. And if you're thinking that is some hypocritical bullshit, you are not alone. Malcolm X was pointing this out in New York at the time. Okay, so we, we can stop it there. So, the, so he goes on along these lines. So there are a couple of things he's conflating. First of all, he's conflating the idea of voluntary segregation with involuntary segregation. He does it right there. He says there's no difference. You know, the, 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 the Civil Rights Act didn't force racial balance in schools that were racially imbalanced before. Right, because if there's nothing prohibiting a black person from joining the white school and it's illegal to prohibit that black person from renting in that area, then what's the issue exactly? The real reason there's segregation in a lot of these schools, de facto segregation, not de, not de jure, not in law, de facto segregation. The reason that there's de facto segregation in a lot of these schools is because, unfortunately, there's been a lot of white flight from inner cities, and the reason there's been a lot of white flight from inner cities is because of democratic tax policy, which has increased taxes on people to increase the services for the people who are impoverished in those areas, and people who are wealthier left those areas. Right? This is actually what happened in the aftermath of the 1964 Civil Rights Act in a lot of areas. And when they tried f mandatory busing, people just moved out of the scope of mandatory busing. This is also true because union rules prevents, uh, prevent desegregation by putting inexperienced teachers in crappy schools. The union negotiates on behalf of the more experienced teachers. The more experienced you get, the cushier the job is supposed to be. And there's no market incentive to teach in a really bad, downtrodden inner-city school. Right? If you're a top teacher, what you really want is the top teachers at the crappy schools, presumably, and you want less experienced teachers at the better schools because the students are easier to deal with, you can learn how to deal with them there, and then you can go into a school that really needs more help, and you get paid a lot of money to do that. Michelle Reed tried to do this in Washington, D.C., and the teachers' union would have nothing to do with it. So instead, what you get is the least qualified teachers teaching in the worst possible areas, and the most qualified teachers teaching in the really, really nice areas. Now, one of the arguments that Oliver and the left make is that the tax the tax money that's paid in a lot of downtrodden areas is not equal to the amount that's paid in a lot of local areas that are that are more upper crust. That's true, because richer areas tend to take in more tax revenue. But the money is not the solution, because, for example, LAUSD spends about $10,000 per year per student, and that's not improving its educational metric at all. We've increased spending on education in the United States multiple times over. We spend a lot of money on education here in the United States, and it doesn't match up with the amount of accomplishment in education, because education really comes down to a couple of factors. One, good teachers who are being paid properly for their services, and that means market rate for their services. And two, parents who care enough to ensure that their kids get a good education in spite of all the challenges that surround them. 
So this is not an excuse for bad public schools, but to suggest that it's white people being racist against black people, and that's why predominantly black schools in the inner city are really crappy. No, it's government policy that drove people out of these cities. It's government policy that attempted to force people into associations they didn't want to be in that drove people further and further out into the suburbs. That's why you saw white flight into the suburbs. The reality is that if you had a school voucher program where students of any race and any age could move into schools that were better, you'd immediately see a leveling effect. It's why school vouchers are the single greatest civil rights issue of our time when it comes to black and Hispanic folks. The idea that you don't have a choice in the school you go to means you're trapped in a failing school by a union that wants your butt in the seat so they can all get paid. The best solution to desegregation here is to allow people to go where the best teachers are and where the best education is and allow people to select that because the market forces rule. The market forces do rule. And you will see that happen if the government allows market forces to rule. You don't see anything like desegregation among McDonald's. Why? Because there's a market for McDonald's in inner city communities. People are willing to pay for it, and so they get it. You actually don't see segregation in higher universities. Why? Because state schools are basically open admittance. Right now, they'll say that there's more segregation than ever in in higher education too, because there aren't enough black and Hispanic people qualifying for the for the kind of minimum qualifications to get into these universities. But again, that's not a result of legal barriers. That's a result of all of these other informal barriers that we're talking about, including bar- well, this is, some of them are legal barriers, like not being able to go to the public school you want to go to, and part of them are informal barriers, like having a culture that doesn't value education in the same way that other cultures do. I mean, if you look at the difference between, and it's true even within, it's not even black and white issue. I mean, this is true even within different subsets of the Asian community. There are various cultures in the Asian community, some of which value education more than others. So this is not as easy a solution as as John Oliver is basically suggesting here. Just get the government in to mandate that a certain number of black people go to a white school, a certain number of white people go to a black school. They tried this in the 1960s, and it ended up devastating virtually all of the school system. Well, we'll talk more about issues like this tomorrow. We'll also talk about Donna Brazile being ousted at CNN because it turns out she's a pathological liar, too. And, of course, more fallout from Hillary's FBI investigation as we continue tomorrow here on The Ben Shapiro Show. And we will see you then. Happy Halloween. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.